Sylvia Rond, and this is FNN's continuing coverage of the destruction of Paclid Planet. What we know at this hour. Starfleet Captain Carol Freeman stands accused of orchestrating a devastating attack on the Paclid capital, a place they call, quote, Big Strong City. Strange new takes. I'm your host, Nash Karnig, and with me at the Bozeman Tourist Trap doing the I'm going to take a leak ride are Adam Bowen, Emily Bowen Marler, and Rudy Kisbaker. Welcome to Strange New Takes. Today we're covering the start of a new season. We'll be sharing a recap of the first episode of the third season of Lower Decks Grounded. And do follow us on social media at Strange New Takes on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's how people get to know us. That's how we become famous. That's <laughs> how the marketing was done for the Bozeman Tourist Center, right? We've got a market as well, right? We've got to get, we got to get customers. Uh, we've got to get listeners. Make sure to tell your friends about the podcast and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts so that people can find us. And of course, as always, make sure you watch the episode before you listen to this episode of the podcast because we'll be spoiling Grounded. We'll also spoil probably more other things from Star Trek and maybe even more beyond Star Trek as well. We just kind of spoil a bunch of stuff, which have any of you watched the new Game of Thrones series or planning to watch it? I I'm Game of for Thrones, us. Planning, planning on it, but have not yet. <laughs> okay, I haven't I'm bothered. a Game of Thrones virgin. I don't think I'm going to bother. You're probably the only version in Game of Thrones, so yeah. I, I almost made that same joke, because although yeah. I've never seen an episode, I've heard enough about it. <laughs> yeah, 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 100%. Well, anyway, we're not talking. We're not here today to talk about Game of Thrones. As Emily shared before, we're here to talk about Grounded. It's the first episode of the third season of Lord Dex. It first aired on 25th August, 2022. It was written by Chris Kula. It was directed by Jason Zurek. And the in-universe date is 2382. We don't get a star date in this one, strangely enough. Well, here's the uh, summary from Memory Alpha. Mariner enlists her friends on a rogue mission to exonerate her mother as Captain Freeman faces a military tribunal for the destruction of Backlund Planet. Before we get into our recap, we always share our strange new takes. And Kru, which of you has a strange new take for me? I'll get started. Um... It's an exciting time for NASA enthusiasts in terms of um, a full test launch happening uh, the coming weekend, I think, on the 29th. So they're going to launch the Artemis 1 setup. Uh, there's no, there's nobody in that rocket. There's, it's not live uh, in the sense there's nobody alive inside it. Uh, there's no human inside it. They don't have... Um, not alive people all the time. <laughs> it's not a tragedy. <laughs> yeah. It's a tomb. Um, surprisingly, though, I've read that um, not only have hotels come up over the last few years to, to create, like, suites and balconies that have prime viewing, so it's, like, almost an industry being reborn around um, Cape Canaveral launches, uh, but they are all sold out, and NASA is expecting about a hundred thousand plus people to watch an unmanned launch. I think that must be 
a record of some sort. So I am wow. definitely not going because <laughs> I couldn't make it work. <laughs> uh, but hopefully I get to go for one of the manned ones coming up uh, in the next few years. And then in terms of this episode, um, it's always good to get back to Star Trek uh, in a cartoon form. I don't know. I, I just like this. I like this show so much. I think I liked it a lot before um, in the background of Discovery and maybe even Picard. I think without going into too much detail, I think it holds its own even um, while running alongside Prodigy and uh, Strange New Worlds. All right. Well, um, my first strange new take actually also has to do with Star Trek. I was going to have everybody on the podcast guess uh, what I just got delivered this morning from UPS, but I'll tell you right now. It's the, Star Trek wine? <laughs> no, it's the overwing exit door to an MD-90 aircraft. But uh, that's not as interesting. It's sitting in my garage right now. What is interesting, though, is I finally finished listening to the autobiography of Catherine Janeway, uh-huh. read by Kate Mulgrew on audiobook, written by Una McCormack. She of Wonderlands and many other Star Trek books. And it is just, I, I, I have to say, tears came to my eyes multiple times while listening to Kate Mulgrew be Janeway again. Like, literally. Like, I cried yeah. multiple times listening to this book. It is so moving. Um, there, it's, it's almost entirely canon. There's, like, one thing that doesn't make any sense anymore. She says that Chakotay left Starfleet 18 months after he joined uh or, or they returned which isn't true because obviously he's uh, well he he's at least he's wearing a starfleet insignia and and a test pilot on a starfleet ship in low in prodigy uh if nothing else so well maybe um, that was 18 months later he he left because he went back in time <laughs> right and then and then janeway found the prodigy kids so underwhelming that she didn't put them in her autobiography could be could be possible um, I'm just saying that, but, uh, it is, you get a lot of background to Janeway's character and, uh, and there's a little bit more background to some of the people on Voyager. And I won't say any more than that because there's a reveal in there that is pretty cool. Uh, but highly recommend reading the book. It's very good. It's very good. Not, not, have you not, read... yeah, go ahead. Oh, oh, no, I was going to say, have you read Mosaic or Pathways? I haven't. Okay, because I mean, so I think Mosaic is the one that's the background story of Janeway, and then Pathways, maybe it's Pathways, is the one that's the background story of the other characters in um, right. Voyager. Anyway, I don't know if those are canon anymore. Like, uh, well, or if the, I don't know if they they um, match with autobiography of Catherine Janeway. I so see. I, I, see. I, I suspect that because I I thought I remembered. Janeway like growing up on Mars according to those books uh right. and she does not uh in I, I'm I'm like uh three chapters into the autobiography mm-hmm. yeah and it, it does a pretty thorough job of laying out who she is who her dad That's was cool. and I stuff. can't wait to hear it yeah it, it's it's I, I plus one on on your your review here notch I'm I'm really enjoying it so far well Okay, so to my to my take in that's related more directly to the episode, this episode has a bunch of really cool guest stars, and you wouldn't know it unless you read their names on Memory Alpha. So uh, one is kind of obvious if you're listening well enough, but the others are a little bit harder to tell. So we'll get there when we're talking about the episode. Um, well, my strange new take is just going to be jumping off of what Rudy shared, except it's not like 
new because this would be from childhood, but I just had to share as you're talking about watching the launches. I never ever went to Cape Canaveral to watch the launches, but I did live in Florida for four years and we were able to watch the space shuttle launches from our house, even though we lived like four hours away from Cape Canaveral, but Florida is so flat. And just, I mean, like you could, I mean, obviously you couldn't see like the very beginning part, but you really could literally watch the space shuttle going up. It was a tiny little speck, but it was just really cool if it was taking off at the right time of day. So there was one launch that they must, it must've been an evening launch or something um, that we were able to go outside and watch because we didn't have, we had a huge vacant lot behind our backyard. Um, So we didn't have any buildings that were blocking our view. So it was just super cool to be able to watch that. Um, anyway, so that was cool. But I also lived in Florida when the Challenger exploded and we could see the contrails in the sky. Um, anyway, so that was sad. That was the the downside of, you know, anyway. Um, and my strange new take for this episode would be, you can't have an amusement park without churros, clearly. Um, so they did a good job having churros. (laughs) historic bozeman (laughs) that just cracked me up so much that scene and you also i mean you can't have good star trek without the theme music from first contact because that's some good music Mm, yeah uh so for for my strange new take uh i am uh once again crossing my fingers on some contractors i've just had some water damage stuff going on in like one of the corners of my house And I just keep sending people after that dang thing and uh, paying them uh, either like okay amounts of money or like painful amounts of money. And uh, then sort of seeing if that had any effect. Uh, Now we're I I think we've at least found something that seems reasonable. My my downspout was going into a clay pipe that was just super broken. Uh, So I think all that water was just kind of going just everywhere and all Mm -hmm. of my soil cracking my uh, concrete and whatnot. So hopefully replacing that thing and putting in some concrete that is properly leveled will help me out. So we'll see. Uh, But for the episode itself, uh, I just I can't believe how delighted I was (laughs) to have Lower Decks shit over one of my all over one of my favorite star trek movies like the whole <laughs> bozeman se- section i was just so like that was so amazing it was it was my i rewound it and watched it twice in a row this afternoon yeah i, I think my favorite part is like uh shitting all over jordy's like uh description of the statue of like yes. and you're just sort of reaching reaching into the future but the way they've done it is just kind of like <laughs> Pointing in like the most casual, <laughs> stupid way. I gotta say, Adam, the way you, uh, the, the earlier part of your take, um, it sounded very cinematic. It sounded like the, the beginning few episodes of Chernobyl on HBO Max. <laughs> like just sending people one after the other to try and resolve. A problem that's, that's I don't think there's any radiation uh, <laughs> <laughs> happening here. Hopefully not. There'll be a whole new level. Of- <laughs> <laughs> well, 
let's start at the beginning, shall we? I feel mm-hmm. like um, I'm 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 like the narrator in chapter one of a book after like the the thrilling like fast like the you know it's like <laughs> you've seen the, the a version of the future and now it's like record scratch. Well, I'm sure I'm wondering how you how we got into this situation. <laughs> so, let's start at the beginning. The first thing to add is that we have a new feature in the opening credits, and I find I I hadn't picked well. There were only two before, so I hadn't picked up on the pattern, but now there's a third version of the Lord X opening credit. It's clear what's happened. In the, They're going to add to the battle sequence every season. In the first <laughs> season, there were just Romulan ships. The, the uh, Cerritos gets hit with a phaser and beams away uh, or, or warps away. And now we have, in the second season, the Borg were added to the Romulans. And now the crystalline entity. As well as the entity, probably too. Right, uh, right. The Packlids were also added. And now the crystalline entity is in there too. Wait, the Borg weren't in there the first season? No. Or was it the Borg and the Romulans? I thought it was the Borg and the Romulans. I think the Borg and the Romulans were there, and And the Packlid was added in the second second season. season. And so now there's a crystalline entity, so maybe we're (laughs) going to meet the crystalline entity again, because every time they've added something to the the season, they've been there. Yeah. Maybe we can Um, get lore back. Yeah, there you go. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Brent Spiner could do whatever he wants now, so... He needs to be in every single. Like, did you um, did, did did any of you end up seeing Nope because it was it was there were connections made to Farpoint. No, so still, and still nope. haven't. Still but, haven't uh, seen and it. And now there's connections to Crystalline Entity in my head and Nope. So one more clue. Ah. Uh, if you want to go see <laughs> Nope. <laughs> I yeah, I'm like kind of averse to horror movies, so. Uh, Me too. Yeah. Although I heard my, this one's not so like anyway. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just I know I'm just, you know, it's not for me, so I doubt I'll watch it. But uh when everyone's watched it, Rudy, you can spoil it for us. On, on the, <laughs> I think I've pretty much spoiled it already, but yeah. Okay, okay. Well, the first thing to say is something actually in reference to the ending, but I think it's important to as kind of context what happened. This is the C plot of an episode. In fact, it's the plot that you don't see in the episode, which was kind of the whole reason Lower Decks was created. We were going to see like the stuff that happens behind the scenes. This is literally that. All of the like really like impactful stuff that happens to save Captain Freeman is just in a <laughs> montage at the end and involves all these like cool, like awesome main characters while our guys like just screw up and don't do anything <laughs> significant at all. I, I, I love that it was just like a series of like, it was like a slideshow of like paintings and yeah. <laughs> like drawings of, of what happened. It reminded me a little bit of... Uh, the the re-edit of the end of uh, Mass Effect 3 that uh, uh, since everyone shat all over Bioware after the release of that game, uh, they made them like add just basically a slideshow of like, oh, no, I mean, uh, this is kind of what happened. And like, I'm going to tell you all these things that happened to these characters that we forgot to mention previously. Mm hmm. But this one, this time I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so. We'll, 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 we'll get to that montage and specificity later. I just wanted to kind of make the point that, you know, finally, like it seemed like kind of Lower Decks was becoming just another Star Trek show mm-hmm. where we are, you know, the main characters were main characters. And now we've hopefully, we're going to see a season of them just in the background doing insignificant things like Lower Decks people are meant to. Yeah, that, that that is a good point. We we were sort of setting it up as like maybe this is going to end up as a like just a more serious TNG season eight type situation. Uh, but yeah, like no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, Although I thought I thought that 
the whole like even the setup of California class was considered a lower class. So like it was the lowest of the low. The lower decks uh, of the lowest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um but but yeah, I guess it's interesting, right? Like do you get into one of these do you get into lower decks watching it knowing that it's gonna be it's gonna be unimportant and and you know it's gonna be funny or do you or do they write in a way where they keep fooling you they did that in the in the klingon trial right to some extent at that episode i don't remember but there was like this whole back plot that was much more important in the first place um i don't know i i guess they can keep us guessing but i'd, I'd like like for example with with i don't remember wedge dudes that much but it, it was a pretty meaningful a plot it was center stage oh, yeah, but it was a yeah, lot of yeah. lower decks people in different ships working together so i don't know mix is good for me i, I hope mm-hmm. they don't stick with trivializing these people too much there's good humor in that but um, yeah I'll- yeah i i mean yeah i think i think we've got kind of a mix of both so far i i guess for me it's just like i remember us kind of wondering what the show was going to be like and thinking that this would be the template um so anyway, interested to see where we go from here. Uh, but where this podcast should go from here is th- asking the real questions, the real, the most relevant questions of this Star Trek universe. You know, from the beginning, we've asked questions about um, race, around politics, around so many serious matters facing humanity. And really, I think this is another good one, which is why does the Golden Gate Bridge exist if there are no cars? <laughs> because they use it for solar panels now. They had that in another episode, don't you remember? Yeah, oh, which I I always did think of that's a little weird. Like, why do they need solar panels if they have like antimatter yeah, reactors? Yeah, for sure. But that's <laughs> is it? Was it in start? Was it in Picard? It was in Picard. That we see it. Yeah. Well, yeah. actually, it might have been in. Uh, it might have even been in the. Was it in the thirtieth or thirty second century too? It might have just been in Picard that we saw yeah, it most I recently. I mean, you know what it's for? It's for all those nasty alien species, the big baddies. It's like a big marker. Up. Attack Earth here. <laughs> <laughs> Sector zero zero one location zero zero one. Yes. <laughs> so you can only do this and the Eiffel Tower, and those are the two ones that you can go for. I mean, I mean, let's let's be honest here, right? The the, the Golden Gate Bridge is only there to have schlubs like us be able to recognize San Francisco. Like you know, that thing probably like fell into the ocean in the real future, like within a hundred years or whatever. Like you know, the amount of like rehab probably that would need to be done at a certain age of that bridge is probably not going to be worth it. But I'm not an engineer; I know nothing about bridges, so don't take my word for it. Um, instead, take the engineers who wrote Star Trek. Take that word for it. Well, okay, so we we get past that. I think the one the first guest star I'll call out is that Carlos Al. Alazarqui from Reno 911 played the admiral that Mariner's dad is in touch with. Also, the largest, I think, like amount of dialogue that Mariner's dad, played by Phil Lamar, has had in episode two. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was Phil Lamar. Yeah, that's. Do, that's does awesome. everybody here know who Phil Lamar is? He, he was on uh, um, uh, Futurama, right? He is. So he's a very prolific. Um, 
voice actor. His career, I, I don't know if it started with Mad TV, but one of the early things he did was Mad TV, which is kind of a Saturday Night Live-ish sketch show, which I really enjoyed back in the day. Um, he was one of the early cast members on that. And he's done, I mean, you look at his IMDb page and it is just full of like famous uh, video game and TV characters. Uh, like it's his range is insane i believe he might have done samurai jack um for example hmm. but i'm not i'm not don't don't call me on that also his character's name on lordex alonzo freeman nickname zoe oh yeah I, I i i do remember seeing that in the in the credits but yeah, or in the, uh, in the subtitles, subtitles but didn't uh didn't really connect what it was for yeah mm-hmm so Mariner argues with her dad, keeps breaking plans, uh, and then runs off to find Boimler, which uh, we got a TNG throwback of that. <laughs> I feel like we're we're just this is how it's showing that this is like base basement discount, uh, Picard, <laughs> Boimler. Is, you know? yeah. <laughs> oh my but goodness! I, I, I also, farm. But but I also love that they they are uh, doubling down on uh, I forget if it I think it was season one where uh, Mariner says that Earth is just soul food uh, restaurants uh, <laughs> vineyards <laughs> like Starfleet headquarters <laughs> and that's all we that's all even though show. this does take place on Earth it's still all we see yes. I mean, I mean I they thinking. do mention some other things, though. They mention uh, the Grand Canyon, and you know, so they mention oh, yeah, a few yeah. other areas later in the episode. Is it is it a, is it a diss on like I don't know if it's the a diss on TNG and Picard's um, <laughs> home and heritage, or from the show Picard where they just have like all these like country women throwing themselves over boilers. <laughs> <laughs> He's just rejecting them one after the other. By the way, what's the the first lady who does that is wearing the outfit of the the lady who's on the cover of the raisin packets at Target. I forget the name of the brand, but you know that there's a lady with the red bonnet who's like on the raisin packets. She's literally dressed like her. (laughs) Also, bushel one. uh, The bushel one. Yeah, yeah, the very first one. Smell my sweet. Also, can I just say how perfect it is that our protagonist in Lower Decks also has a vineyard, but they're raising raisins. Yes. <laughs> raising raisins. Yeah. They're growing grapes to make raisins instead of wine. I mean, it's perfect parody. I just... <laughs> uh, man, Mike McMahon has his finger on the pulse, dude. It's it's great. Um but uh, yeah, so so Mariner quickly recruits Boimler, um, and then they head over to Cisco's Creole kitchen. I love the um, the Ketracel white hot sauce. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's just nice little. I'm trying to remember whose sweater is um, Rutherford's sweater an homage to. Is it Jake or is it? I, I don't know. It just the sweater is just <laughs> Wesley. <laughs> I, did Wesley ever have a sweater? I feel I, like I, I Boimler think was dressed. Style. Yeah, it's, it's, I think, it's, a, it's a Jake sweater. Um, yeah, and Boimler was dressed like Wesley, I think. That was kind of the Wesley from um, 
the end of Journey's End. Maybe? Oh yeah, actually, this th- that one that you have on the I think it was oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's that same like diagonal, but then has yes. like a checkered yeah, pattern. I, I, I listener, I, ha- I had it up for I had a picture <laughs> up. If you go if you if you Google Jake Cisco and go to the images, you will find an image of the sweater Rutherford was wearing. Oh my goodness. Yeah, but um, I need to look at this Wesley outfit that you're referencing, Emily. I haven't. I did not make that connection. Um, yeah, I think that's. I think that's what it is. Cause yeah, it is. I just found it. Of course, I don't have it. Um, I can show you all that. Oh, one. There you go. All right. Yeah. So it's, it's one. But, it's the one where he like beams away as the traveler. Yeah, I think it's Journey's <laughs> End. I think that's the name of that episode. But oh yeah, second to last episode, right? So can yeah. can someone explain the reference to Ketrasel for me? Catch a cell white is um, what the what the Jem'Hadar, uh, Jem'Hadar are you have with. to use in order to be able what? to function because they were purposely engineered without an enzyme that they needed. But then they had the hot sauce that uh, Boimler <laughs> was. He, he did like one little dab and couldn't handle it. And <laughs> Mariner's just like she empties the putting the whole bottle. bottle and she's like, oh, that's got a little kick. So I got a, I got a, I have a story about from the real world from last week actually. So I was with one of my teams at dinner, and the this restaurant in Detroit has a a thing they call the rouge roulette, and everybody gets a, at the table gets a chicken sli- fried chicken slider. One of them has been dosed with ghost peppers, <laughs> and so we all started eating him, and we we're like. Oh, this is a little bit spicy, but it's not like very spicy. Everyone's a little bit spicy. I was like, oh, okay. All right. So they, they kind of, they wouldn't like chase away their customers. It's probably just a little bit spicy, whatever. And then like the tears started rolling down my face and I'm like, what is you happening? You were the one that got it. <laughs> I was the one that got it. And those sneaky bastards put it in the middle of the sandwich. So you, you like got fooled into thinking it was all going to be okay. And then <laughs> it hits you. And just like, I was like crying. And this is like very senior people are at my table, including the person who leads our office in Detroit, who's on my team. And I'm just like in tears. They're all like do you want some milk are you gonna be okay and i just like ran to the restroom it was a whole thing so when boimler was having that reaction i was like i feel you boimler i've been that's there so, that's pretty <laughs> ironic that that happened so close yeah same week same week oh my gosh. Uh, uh, yeah yeah it was it was pretty weird but anyway um Tendi and Rutherford are kind of hanging out together. They're not. Are they dating right now? They're not dating right now, right? I haven't watched the the ending of Lord X season two recently, so I can't remember where we left that with the two of them. I don't remember. I don't think that they are. Uh, I mean the 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 season finale for season two was all about Tendi confusing. Um, uh, I forget the doctor's name, but the doctor was deleting her profile and she kind of saw that and she thought she was getting kicked off the ship. Right. Mm-hmm. But she was getting promoted to being a science officer on the bridge. And then her and, and Rutherford had like, he was just being nice to her and showing her different parts of the ship and she was sort of... So that's the last I remember. Um, and he had feelings for her because he had... He had, he had like backed up all the memory, like double or triple backed up. And that's why he kept getting right. these stupid alerts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's definitely something there, at, at least at the end of the last season. Um, so, yeah, I, I forget exactly, but they're, they are spending some time together. They were hanging mm-hmm. out together and uh, they're. Oh, I it, love that when she jumps out, Mariner jumps out, like she timed her entrance. Um, I can't remember exactly what it was she said, but you know, like they were like, 
Did you, were you waiting outside? Yeah, and she's like, no, no, I wasn't. And Boyan was like, yeah, she totally was. She's been staying here for 10 minutes. I thought that was great, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the... So basically what's established here is that Boimler has all these like detailed logs that are going to exonerate <laughs> Captain Freeman. About his farts. Or yeah. an inability to fart, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But, but that, so they can, so the team gets back together uh, and, and decide to save Spock. I mean, Freeman. Um, <laughs> and they, they're, they're, they're ready to go. And um, they end up, deciding to break into a Star Trek or Star Trek Starfleet facility I guess it's one and the same a Starfleet <laughs> facility that's crewed by a famous transporter chief of some sort he used to work as a security oh. chief too or something I can't remember <laughs> but didn't didn't anyone like basically when you all heard that you're like wait is this gonna be like Worf is it gonna be like uh Miles O'Brien Miles O'Brien yeah. would have made more sense yeah, because you know he's like the most famous officer in Starfleet, right? <laughs> but I, I feel like he, he therefore can't ever be on, on lower decks uh, because we don't want to like ruin, uh, we don't, we don't want to point to what made him the most important Starfleet right. officer in history. <laughs> so here's the funny thing. The guy they meet, the grandpa they meet is, is named Carlton Dennis. And I haven't figured out who voices Carlton Dennis. Yeah. They don't have a lot on, I looked on IMDb. They're not very forthcoming on the voices. Yeah, so um, I'd like to know who 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 it was because again, this this has some fairly significant um, uh, voice actors. So I imagine mm -hmm. it's someone famous. But and, and there was too much of a, they they made too much of a big deal out of like it, there'll be some famous guy like in charge of this museum. For it to be just like a throwaway, I feel like, you know. Bobby Moynihan. That he plays Gavin though, right? And he also plays this dude? He might play both, maybe. Okay. I don't know. Okay, okay. Yep, yeah. I saw I just saw another one that says Chief Carlton, Denny Dennis, and Captain Gavin were voiced by uh Bobby Moynihan. Makes sense. Makes sense. You'd have you. You're getting an actor in for an episode. You might as well have them do both. Mm -hmm. but yeah, that was my other famous one, Bobby Moynihan. Longtime Star Trek, uh, Saturday Night Live alum, uh, played one of the skeletons in the uh, David Pumpkin sketch. Uh, for one, he's been in many other things. You, you, if you Google Bobby Moynihan, you'd know exactly who I'm talking about. Uh, you've seen him in a hundred different things before. So, um, but anyway, they break into a transporter uh, facility to try and get up to the ship. I, I, I love how when they, they like, there's all these different hijinks that we think about and they're, they're all sort of talking about like, okay, well, uh, I'm going to distract him and then you like hit him from behind, but he's just like the sweetest so nice. old man <laughs> remembering his so wife bad. and how yeah. she died <laughs> she's like oh i can't do this uh -huh, uh -huh. but then he still pulls out his phaser <laughs> i liked all the different how we could see all the different transporters that was pretty cool that one yeah, shot yeah, where they yeah. show all the you know it, it is cool and... when the show like acknowledges all of the different um uh like different sets or, or like the mm -hmm. look of every different uh series and whatnot mm -hmm. so it, it felt like another way of showing that Yep. And then they find out that they can't actually do. Oh, but I also love how he's like gonna, you know, 
hold or stun them with his phaser but then he's like no no i wasn't really gonna stun you and then they explain what they're doing and he's totally on their side and wants to help them get up to the ship but he can't because of the swarm of some sort of alien creature verugament the verugament yes which i thought were a reference but they're not Hmm. what was that i said i thought they were that was going to be a reference to something but it wasn't the verugament we've never seen him before uh I was just gonna say it was it was a little surprising that when he pulled out the phaser, I thought they'd do a like a huge reversal on trying to be nice to him and like Mariner would like just karate him in the face or something like that. <laughs> but but all of them were like, you know, like when you when you're too stern with kids and then they all like they stop playing adult and then they're like, Oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> so that was that was that was interesting for me. Um I guess the others I could believe, but uh Mariner as well was was funny. And I I I love that uh there's sort of like a bit of a fake out because I think as we're getting to the uh into the transporter facility, there is a shuttle that's parked outside. And they say like, oh, so the only way for us to possibly get past the the swarm of the Verugament is through a ship. I'm like, oh yeah, and there's a ship outside, so they're just gonna like take that, uh, take that shuttle. But instead, they decide to go to historical postman. <laughs> yeah, of course. For us. And the Phoenix is a ride. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get to historic Bozeman after a break over here, Adam. So let, let's okay. take a break here. We'll come back in a minute. While I was sitting in court, Starfleet was carrying out a secret investigation into the Packlet bombing. Led by Captain Morgan Bateson, this elite team learned of a Packlet connection to a known data fabricator whom they discovered had faked the incriminating footage of me. They pursued and captured this forger inside the Romulan neutral zone. Under some rather invasive questioning from Commander Tuvok, this forger revealed the true identity of the bombers, the Packlids themselves. It was a huge reveal. Welcome back to Strange New Takes, where I found a transcript of what was written on the news broadcast ticker at the bottom. I was watching that the second yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> round and watched again. <laughs> Admiral Jellico bans Zebulon sisters from active duty starships. Yes. <laughs> shoot your dads, shoot your dads. <laughs> Buffalo Solar Knights eclipse London Kings in game one of ELDS. Six-year-old Zach Dorn, youngest to be crowned Stratagemma Grandmaster. Country Stampede, dozens of teens injured rushing stage at Sonny Clemens' concert. <laughs> Is Sonny Clemens from the TNG episode? He's that country singer, right? Who wanted to go to space and like, yeah, he is. Yeah, the one like the three people from the 90s or whatever that are thought out and uh-huh. <laughs> that are awful, or at least one of them is awful. <laughs> so the cringiest part of the autobiography of Catherine Janeway that I, I listened to was just the part where she meets uh amelia Earhart, and i cannot fucking believe they did that like looking back i'm just like that was so stupid (laughs) like i don't know it's it's very 90s you know yeah it is pretty 90s but it was made in the 90s so it was i'm just like meeting like like it's so silly like amelia Earhart is in the delta quadrant (laughs) living on a planet Oh wait, that was an actual episode of, of Voyager. Yeah, the thirty sevens. <laughs> you blocked this out. I blocked it out. This is so bad. You blocked it out. Maybe yeah. you were abducted. I, I remember, like, because she she starts talking about it like earlier in the book, and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that she talked about Amelia Earhart sometimes. 
It's like that's that's cool. That's a good reference. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I, I only remembered that and didn't remember that it was a dumb episode. <laughs> lit, lit, it's the, it's the one where they find like an old thirties truck floating in space, and Dom Paris is like, "Ooh, ancient technology, combustion engines!" And then they go on a planet and they find all these people that the aliens are abducted from the thirties or whatever. And yeah, Amelia Earhart's there. <laughs> <laughs> insane anyway uh let's get back to talking about lower decks maybe they'll make fun of that at some point uh hope they do where our 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 wily crew have now made it over to historic bozeman the site of do, first do, contact do, 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 do. sorry i, I had I to cried. put some of the I, first contact music in there <laughs> I, I tear up every time that stuff comes up that is one of the most <laughs> iconic uh audio pieces yeah. from star trek to me i can't like it just gets me every time i love it so much yeah and it, we time. got it in picard and we're getting it here again incredible yep, yep. incredible but well, yeah i love the i love the churros i love the vulcan playground <laughs> the vulcan ship that's been turned into a playground and when they say <laughs> that the um the crash and burn bar <laughs> where they have the phoenix ride like but also how they make it so much like the rides at disney with the wait time but then when they're in there you know they show zephram cochran working on the and stops mid you know sentence oh hello let me yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. i didn't so, see you there exactly <laughs> oh good times and, and they got james cromwell Mm-hmm. to come and do the voice of Zephram Cochran. So he's he's getting back in the seat of his character since, I think, like, first time since, like, that Enterprise episode that featured Zeph Cochran, the one with the Borg. Uh, <laughs> Where he shoots the Vulcans instead. Oh, uh, he's, yeah, he's, he's, in a, he's in a few. He's in the Enterprise. I, I don't know. Th- that one's I think they, season, I think they it? might show him from just from the back or something in that episode. Oh, it might uh, not have been actually him. Yeah, yeah. But no, he, he, Zeph- I, th- I think he's he's in the, the pilot uh, because yeah. he's giving the speech uh, uh, where no dad. man goes yeah, before yeah. or whatever, um, and he is, so it, he is. I, I forgot that he was in. Is it regeneration? I think he was in regeneration. Maybe not. Oh, I know, maybe they just re- reference it in regeneration because they say that he. Yeah, yeah. He, you're right. It's from the back. He's giving a speech. Uh, it's like a, a commencement speech. I'm going to flash up an image from the Zef Kofkren, um mm. page mm. of Memory Alpha. And he's giving a commencement speech where we see him from the back, and if you look closely, it's clearly not James Cromwell. <laughs> yeah, and the, the, I like they because I think it's like they were noticing that he started having these crackpot theories that he would talk about, like that there were Borg and and things like that. Right, right, and right. no one believed him. So also, was with the with the mirror mirror was it mirror mirror not mirror mirror in a mirror darkly mm-hmm. that one? Uh, that's the episode. So he wasn't actually in that one. No, didn't he come back for that one, or do they just splice in image from or splice in footage from first? Contact? It says archive footage, but he does make some sort of different gesture. But it might yeah, have been d- a, well instead a, of a, this, he does the whole. <laughs> he pulls out his gun and shoots him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it might have been like I, I don't know. I, I think I, they show him like from the front, maybe, but then show him from the back from shooting the back, them. That could be what it is. Yeah. Yeah, it says archive footage is F. Cochran. Oh, okay. So I'm guessing so that they, they spliced it. Yeah, yeah, or it might have been like a different cut from like the like you know uh uh they weren't sure, uh, which, sure which way they wanted the movie to where go. James so Cromwell's like, why don't I take them. a sh- like why don't we do a, a take where I shoot the Vulcan? What do you think of that? Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, 
he so so James Cromwell has been in a bunch of Star Trek, by the way. He's been in three ep- two episodes of well, three episodes of TNG if you count two partners, two episodes. He's been in DS9, uh, First Contact, of course, Enterprise, and now Lower Decks. Uh prolific. I just want to draw attention to the fact that also at Historic Bozeman, they're selling that Zef Cochran hat and both yes. Andy and Rutherford buy the the weird <laughs> yes. hat that he has. <laughs> uh as well it it makes me wonder like since the um the first co- the uh the crew of the enterprise uh sort of have all these these romantic notions of him i almost wonder if if uh someone on the enterprise uh like consulted in designing like redesigning this park or something like that uh, after they actually <laughs> met the guy <laughs> yeah right they're like look he's an a-hole so. <laughs> <laughs> let's turn this into a park <laughs> also I the also, we understand whole... this like colloquial slang about going to pee now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I also love the whole. It's just like post World War Three. Well, also now apparently there are like six or seven different um, Phoenix rides that you can take um, up to the stars, and then they come back down. And it's and you got holograms Zef Cochran with his little audio disc playing uh, Magic Carpet Ride. It was yeah, the best. Steppenwolf. <laughs> I like that they just didn't change a thing. They just gave no, us first contact. Well, and they also did lots of the same shots of Earth outside the window when the Phoenix goes oh, yeah, up, yeah. and the and the when the Phoenix breaks through the atmosphere. And anyway, it was just so great. They did so many little nods to it. Yeah, no, it's 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 fantastic, and um, I love that we got Gavin, the inadvertent uh, passenger on the Starship heist. <laughs> you haven't seen he's the us, last of know. Captain Gavin. <laughs> he, he's us. I'm on a trek amongst the stars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought we were gonna see him in like episode seven or something. I thought so too. I thought that that's gonna be a nice arc where he like. He'll grow like a COVID beard and long hair and he'll be like lost in space for a while. Yeah, right. Uh, but no, he he is just, it's only for a little bit and then he's back um, being arrested by Starfleet security as they try to secure the rogue Phoenix uh, ride. And our, but our crew uses the Phoenix to get to, apparently the Phoenix has like a docking uh, mechanism, which allows them to neatly get into the, <laughs> into the starship. <Yeah. laughs> I guess it's not a Phoenix that's made to the original <laughs> specifications. It's no. probably a little bit safer. <laughs> um, and yeah, so, so we, we did have basically, um, we did have the, the whole, starship theft sequence but with with some with a twist yeah the deceit what are you talking about the deceit yeah 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 Um, well no the the, also the fact that mariner doesn't allow her buddies to help her like it's not it's we we all speculated like is it gonna when we saw the trailer like is it gonna be like search for spock where the crew Mm -hmm. steals the ship and i wasn't expecting mariner to like get rid of her buddies yeah, and then, but I, I I liked that they then uh, sort of re hijacked the shuttle in order to get back into the ship, uh, uh, to to still kind of join her there, because uh, that that was just a nice um, way of showing that like she wants to protect them, but then also 
they stick by her as uh, as much as they can. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, I felt like it was a little bit of regression on Manor's character trying to go it alone instead of using her friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I think you could you, you, there's justifications for that. I actually thought they were starting like a multi-episode arc and like finding some Klingon people and they're going to like leave it at a cliffhanger where she's like in trouble. And yeah, they, and they definitely were setting this episode up <laughs> with you're like, OK, this is going to be the next like this is the whole season is we're going to be going on the stolen Cerritos or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I did hull, like the right? touch of it still has no hull. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah OK. <laughs> Yeah, it's still it's. I, mean, I don't know if you know how many days exactly have gone by, but it doesn't seem like a very long time since the last episode. So they they haven't had a chance to fix it. Well, I don't know. Th- I think they might be purposely not fixing it because it's impounded uh, while she's on trial and the whole crew's grounded. And I and I wonder if if they are trying to like just keep it in the state it was in case that's somehow relevant to the trial or they need to get evidence or things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it seems like all the doors have those like you know tape police tape kind of like barriers and so everything seemed like it was been sealed off. Mm-hmm. But everyone's it's kind of like awkward in that situation. Everyone's possessions are like uh, kind of stuck on the ship. So Boimler's logs are are kind of also like on this pad that's just on the ship. You know, it's kind of weird. Yeah, and. We find out a few things about Boimler, though. Number one, his purple hair is hair dye. He's not an alien. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then and he, his, my real hair color is, and then they cut him off. <laughs> uh-huh. And then he has gaseous anomalies stuck inside his body. Yeah, it, it, I mean, we, we have heard, like, he's made references in other episodes where he, like, listens to everyone's logs and... Uh, uh, and I and I think that's actually is that somehow involved with the creation of Badgy and or I I think that it, it's been it's, used uh, for. Uh, it was the very first scene of the very first episode. He's recording his own captain's log, mm-hmm. and he's like, and he's kind of doing it like accurately. Uh, so it's kind. Of, I feel like it's kind of going back to that in some ways. Yeah, yeah, and he. Uh, so it, <laughs> it it is funny just hearing that. It is uh, just him completely fanboying over it, but then it's not relevant at all. Like, yes, the dates and what and where they were exist, but everything else is basically <laughs> trash. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I love when he's like, "I'm not embarrassed. It's okay." <laughs> but oh goodness. Well, and then Starfleet security bears down on our ship, but the Verugament use the ship to have sex on. I'll be honest, that whole final sequence of this episode didn't make a lot of sense to me. and I, I didn't try too, too hard, but like, no. <laughs> I didn't really understand what was going on. I don't think anybody did in the characters themselves <laughs> messing it up. Did you mean to say stealing the shit in the notes or did you mean to say stealing the ship? Sure, <laughs> sure. I put stealing the shit in the notes. That's, that's well, they were dealing with gooey stuff. <laughs> Sorry, I just noticed. <laughs> Nope, nope, nope. Um, I, they were uh, cleaning the shit in the ship at the end. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, but uh, no, we, we, the, the Verugamen apparently that were flow, flowing past Earth, they were just trying to find a place to have sex, and so they are doing it on the ship. Our crew tries to, like, <laughs> fool security into thinking they're doing a study, but then who, got, who else would come to save the day but Captain Freeman, That's who's right. free. 
<laughs> and if we had been watching the A plot, we would have known that there was nothing Mariner had to worry about. This is why lines of communication are really important. <laughs> That's yeah, the right. moral of the story. <laughs> um, I wonder. I wonder if there's an episode um, script that they set up in the future where they played this, you know, much more serious and sensible a plot in battle with a comedy c plot and you keep like switching back and forth and and they just show how how far off the truth and relevance uh, these lord x people are <laughs> yeah no i i think that would be a good idea i think um where we just get to see the a plot but in the background there's some stuff going on with the lord x people they just like zoom in and out like asking for coffee or something um <laughs> uh, well, we see in, in the flashback, we see a few familiar faces. Tuvok! Commander Tuvok does the interrogation. First of all, when, when, when they mentioned that there was a falsified disc, I was expecting, it's fake! Yeah. <laughs> I was expecting something like that. Uh, we didn't quite get Vreenak, but we did, um, we did get Commander Tuvok. We also got Captain Bait Bateson. Uh, anyone remember Captain Bateson? The name's familiar, but I'm I'm yeah, blanking we, on. We the reviewed role. the episode on this uh, on this podcast. Maybe that's uh, why the name's familiar. <laughs> cause and effect. The TNG episode, cause and effect, where the crew is getting sent back, like they they re, the the Groundhog Day episode, where the end, the USS Bozeman flies out of the the rift in time, and Kelsey is, is Grammer that, is the captain. Yeah, Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say Frazier, Grammer, but yeah, Bateson Bateson is Kelsey Grammer, so he. <gasps> He has apparently stayed in Starfleet. Is now part, in charge job. of. A, yeah, he's he's part of a top secret like SEAL team. <laughs> nice. And they're able to gather information that the backlits blew up their own planet. <laughs> so you they know, would get moved to a better one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought they were just doing away with the backlit, right? Like, uh -huh. and also slightly poking fun at, you know, the two thousand nine removal of um vulcan um but oh, no. we're, we're gonna get more explicit with that uh based on the <laughs> the, the preview for this season uh because yeah. we, we have a, a diving scene yeah yeah so so i don't know i think i was kind of done with the backlid so i was a little disappointed <laughs> to see them not be destroyed <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's 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 see. I mean, I I I the other thing that we didn't get anything about in this episode, by the way, was um, uh, Jennifer and Mariner are in mm -hmm. a relationship, and it was teased oh, that we'd yeah. see more of them in this this season, but we didn't get any of that as well. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of glad they wrapped up. Oh, yeah, no, you were gonna say. I was gonna say I'm glad they wrapped up the Freeman storyline though in this episode. Like, I kind of didn't want it to be like this whole arc where they're trying to figure out how to get Freeman back. I was like, oh, this is nice. Now they can jump on to something new and we can have, you know, new adventures that are, you Which know, it, not it, Like, it, it does fit better into um, sort of how, uh, I mean, cliffhangers have happened in the episodic Star Trek. It's like, it, that doesn't turn into the whole next season. That mm -hmm. that turns mm -hmm. into, somehow it gets wrapped, wrapped up in the next 45 minutes. Yeah, exactly. It's, um... And and they're staying true to the to the to I think the format they decided to go with and they're you know I I like that you know even mm -hmm. last season we, I remember us talking about how much that we were going to see the backlids knowing that it was going to be, um, 
how how much uh, given that they were going to be like the the season long baddie how much we were going to have to like go through them through like an uh an arc but it was just kind of in the background mostly mm-hmm. all right well um anything else on this episode before we move on to ratings I'm not seeing any anyone bring anything up, so I'm going to open up our rating spreadsheet and and ask one of you to stick your neck out and give Grounded a strange new rating. I'll go ahead. I'll give it. I was I was glad to have um, LDS back and the humor and and there's parts of this large parts of this episode that are fun. Um, the vineyard stuff, um, the, the historic Bo- Bozeman stuff, that's like level 10, 10 uh, scenes. Um, but mm-hmm. then the Verugman, like made no sense to me as well. And, and as we talked through it in <laughs> this podcast, it, it, it just made more, uh, I just had more lack of sense. So I'm going to give it an eight, eight, um, Eight verugament shit balls. What, what what are those? <laughs> uh, they, those they, they were the uh, their the eggs. eggs. Yeah. yeah. Eight verugament oh, eggs. On so they were, oh, so that was like some kind of like that wasn't a nice way to refer to their children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shit balls. Um, out out of ten. Yeah. I'm gonna go with an eight and a half. Good solid. A lot of laughs, and uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's going to go with a four out of five because, I mean, I enjoy it, but it's no strange new world. But, um, <laughs> but no, it got it. I mean, good major marks for uh, having first contact stuff in there. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so Adam's going to give it a 10 out of 10. No, 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 no. I, 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 I see the, the same criticisms. It's like I'm trying to decide if I go eight or nine because of the uh, like, it's just it's. I, I think I'll still go with eight. I but I just I loved all of the first contact yeah. bits in this movie and just yeah. how far they they went with it. It's just like such a dumb and hilarious idea uh, that they have this historic Bozeman and uh, Star Trek doesn't often um, sort of like show. Uh, I, I I guess just like how things are how, how historical things are treated that way, and I thought it was mm-hmm. hilarious. So what do you, what was your rating, Adam? Uh, eight. Eight. All right. Well, looks like we're pretty much in alignment. I don't usually, I'm not usually the one with the highest rating on our show. I don't think, usually. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, I guess it's the first time for everything. All right. Well, with that, thank you, Adam. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, Rudy, for making time to talk about Grounded. I know we're all excited to have new Star Trek to come and chat with each other about. Uh, I remember back when we first started with Lower Decks Season 1 and 116 episodes. Here we are, the first episode of Season 3. Can you believe it? Yeah, wow. Yeah, it's been a while. All right. Well, also, thank you to Bill, who's off doing something somewhere, probably packing a moving truck or something. So uh, hopefully we see you back on the show at some point soon. And thank you, dear listener, for making time for us in your week listening to this episode, which is going to come in probably shorter than most. Uh, last time I checked, it was at 54 minutes. So let's see how long it comes in after I put in the audio cues and such. Thank you, Jishnu Guha, for recording our theme music. We always enjoy listening to you strum away at the Klingon theme. 
And uh, special thanks this week to the person who preserved Zephram Cochran's weird hat and uh, giving the historic Bozeman a merchandise revenue stream uh, and us some nice laughs. All right, see you next week, everybody. Goodbye. Thanks, Notch. Bye. 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 Thanks, Notch.